Hello everyone, welcome back to Master Quest. This is part 7 in my journey experiencing A Link to the Past for the first time. My name is Christian Buckley. I'm being guided my Sherpa, my master. Sherpa. DJ Gillard. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good, how are you? I'm doing very well, very well today. I watched the Batman Beyond today. I was pretty excited about nice. that, but other than that, I'm doing good. Classic show. Yeah. Um... We're talking some Zelda this week, as we do every week. We are. We are. And, you know, there's, like, a lot of... This game is built up to be a big deal. Yes. And that's why we're doing the show. Yep. And I, I like, don't know a ton about this game going into it, right? I do know mm -hmm. some things. But I want to ask you before we dive in, because this week we kind of just go straight to the dungeon, and I do most of my exploring yeah. after. Okay. What's like the pulse on this dungeon? Like the area, the aesthetic. Like what's the 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 read from the community since '93? I think. I think this is not a hated dungeon. Um, I don't think it's very good personally. Uh, this is probably my least favorite one, and I think a lot of people will probably agree with that. I think it's doing something very interesting. Okay. Um. But it doesn't come together in a way that's uh, really that strong. Mm -hmm. um, I think most people would uh, agree with that. This is maybe their least favorite segment of the game. Okay, that is good to know. Because DJ, let because me tell you. Because you didn't have a good time? I, I've enjoyed, even the things that I've had issues with, I've enjoyed mostly yeah. my experience with this game so far. I hated this. Yeah. I, in yeah. all caps on my college ruled notebook, Jeez. I took up three lines. This sucks because I was Jeez. not having it. Okay. So please set us up and we can get into it. Okay. So we left off last week. We finished uh, the dungeon in the desert, the desert palace. Yes, I'm correct about that. Um, well, it's not the desert palace. It's it's something like that. Um, yeah, something. I think wait, it was, was the, it in the what the darkness or something like that. it was the water yes one. whatever oh no yeah it was the water what am i talking about it was the water one uh i'm thinking because the first part of the game does the thing where it's uh mm -hmm. in the desert yeah okay um so left off there uh we got our magic hammer no we got the hook shot so mm -hmm. the hook shot didn't necessarily you can use the hook shot in a certain spot to get you over to uh this side of the map uh, there's a specific lane in the dark world that you can take, but the easiest way is to just warp to the uh, light world and warp back to the dark world. That's the easiest way to get to, excuse me, uh, Kakariko. Interesting. Um, so we get to Kakariko, and basically the dungeon is uh, in the Lost Woods. Mm -hmm. uh, did you do what did you do on your little journey over here? Uh, much of anything, or just head straight in? Because I, I can see you kind of stumbling into the dungeon by accident while you're still like, trying to explore. Yeah. So did maybe something like that happen? So I started out, I um, I used the hook shot on the Fallen Bridge to get across. That's how I got over. Ah, cool. Um, because I made that connection at the end of last week's episode. I was like, oh, the hook shot, that was that broken bridge. This wood, I'm gonna awesome. be able to grapple. Yeah. So I followed that path. On the way over, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna pass Sanctuary. I wonder what Sanctuary looks like in the Dark World." Mm. So I pop in. There's some squid-looking guy, like a blooper. Really? Yeah. 
that's how I took it. That's the sprite yeah. interpretation I had. <laughs> no, I I've totally I didn't even do this and I totally forgot like mm-hmm. what it looked like. So this this is basically new to me. So. Okay. So he says to me, "You need." The gist of it was, you need a big bomb to blow up that hole or crack oh, in the temple. This, this stuff. Okay. Mm. So I was like, "Okay, I'll write it down. I'll remember that." And he mentioned yeah. something about like. It wasn't the golden power because he wasn't talking about the Triforce, but he said, "I heard about a golden room or something like that hidden yeah. on the temple." So, mental note, but sure, sure. Um, and yeah, the rest of the way there, I didn't actually. I didn't go into Kakariko before. Oh, the the dungeon. Interesting. This week. Okay. Because you took the upper path. Yeah, because like, I felt like funneled that way i guess by the enemies okay and this week i think more than most i felt really like not overwhelmed but very i had to run sometimes like i i felt like i could not just power through because yeah they have a lot of enemies in the areas that i'm used to not having a lot of enemies to deal with now yep yep so is this like one of the harder parts of the dark world in that aspect yeah i actually had some trouble too especially in that like um there's that spot uh where there's like all the rocks uh in the lines you know it's like i'm just east of hyrule castle if you know what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about that spot i died a couple times in and like the north path is yeah it's pretty rough Mm -hmm. um yeah i i kind of like the difficulty spike here that happens um I think it. I think it's smart how it, like it doesn't open. It doesn't open you up to the dark world immediately, which like something we kind of critiqued earlier. But then also when you look at like how hard it gets, it's like oh, you probably needed those extra couple heart containers actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it gets it gets rough. I, I was actually I died a few times and I was like I don't have time for this. I've played this game many times and I just did the quick rewinds, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, I was on my way over there. I was popping into familiar places. Like I stopped at the lumberjack house. So I yeah. was Ratatouille. What's going on there? It was just another. Oh, Ratatouille. oh yeah, the rat thing. Yeah, I remember that. Um. Oh, another really cool thing happened because actually, now that I'm thinking of in context of everything, you mentioned to me that there was a critical item. So I was looking pretty much critical. Yeah, yeah I was looking around. So I did pop into Kakariko at the start of this. Yeah. Um, there's another thing, again, there's a big takeaway this week that just kind of impressed me for being such an old game. Um, I did the the charge, like the run-in-place charge attack to break down Boulder. Yep. Uh, because at the top of Kakariko, there's, I think, like four or five stacks of boulders. I did that. And there was a trident guy that throws his tridents, like, adjacent to that. Yep. And I charged. He was, like, probably, like, 10 feet behind me. And it was timed so that when I did the bounce, like, back after colliding with the, the stack, I ju- like the, I was bouncing over a trident he threw at me. And yes. I didn't get Yes. I didn't get Like, I thought the hit detection would have, like, screwed me there, but it didn't yeah so that was cool this is yeah this is i'm glad you brought this up because there's a point in this dungeon where there's a popular sequence break in regards to this stuff that we'll talk about when we get there Mm -hmm. um 
but I it's very interesting how we've we talked about like in that episode uh episode four or five when you had the thing with your shield where like you swung and then like a detective where your shield was yeah. this game is very specific about its detections and i think a lot of these like weird like emergent things are like happy accidents and this is one of them that definitely feels that way just like i don't think they were trying to like get you to dodge here but it works yeah and it's kind of cool um i think you were we'll right because there's a point in this dungeon i think like as we go on i might remember the specifics of it but something similar happened but it did not work in my favor i was like uh oh that's real yeah. cheap <laughs> so yeah the point in the dungeon where the sequence break happens is there's two points so you know in the parts of the dungeon where there's like the there's the hollowed out floor and there's like a chest on the other side that you or there's a doorway on the other side you can't get to yet yes okay so if you put a bomb on the ground there and then if you t time your pegasus boot like leap into the wall you'll bounce off the wall and then while you're in the air, the bomb explodes, and it will send you over the gap. And you can cross and sequence break. Damn. And I'm like, that's something that I did not intend for you to do. No. Uh, but it, it's very interesting how the game just kind of lets it happen. Um, it's very weird. I like to think in my head that they were like, they, they, had, they didn't know that was going to happen, but they knew most of these other things were going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's very interesting how this, we've talked about it before, this, the scale and the way it interprets the Z-axis in this game is fascinating. Yeah, because it's like, it's super clear that they're not well-versed in like programming at that level yet, but no, the stuff that like, like you said, happy accidents that come out of it are really cool, like looking back at it. Yeah. So, um, one last thing in Kakariko before we move on to the... Is it called the Lost Woods now? It's called the Skull Woods now. I mean, okay, that makes so sense. The they made everywhere. they can make everything spooky yeah. now that it's uh, the Dark World. Um, one of the other buildings was another rat. He's like, I have many chests open too. Mm. Tried twice. The second try, I got a heart container piece. Oh, so. nice. I, uh, I did it once, and I got 100 rupees for my 30 to play the game, and I was like, I'm, I'm quitting while I'm ahead. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm cashing out with this profit. Um, yeah, I, I once I found the heart container piece, I was like, I thought back to when you said that something about a, a game similar no. to this, and you're like, that's the only thing you need in there. So I was like, okay, I got that, I'm out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I made my way to these skull woods. Mm. which yeah it's, it's neat to see them change the lost woods which was very like fantastical and like yeah one with nature to this different vibe yeah it goes from like the liveliest place in the game to the deadest place in the game which yeah. is cool but i think like i feel like the music there was lacking if i'm being honest yeah yeah like it is a track that's been used in later games too, actually. Oh, really? Uh, this, yeah, I can't, I can't even name this them specifically, but there are, re there are definitely remixes of this in other games. Okay. Um, I don't love the track though. It's not, it's not one that stands out for sure. Like you, you've played other games. You've probably played the games where there's tracks in it. You don't, you don't remember it. Like it's not mm -hmm. that good of a track. So. Yeah, like. I feel like they could have, 
like there was a little like lack of heart of trying to make it like a spooky zelda thing you know like i think the music might have been yeah. what i was wanting more of um, yeah and then like some of that is like some of that is because like it's such an old game and it's like how do you make a game from 1991 feel scary mm-hmm. like it's it's difficult but i also don't think they go all the way yeah because i think they i think that's what they want to do especially when you get into like the mummies and like all that stuff in the dungeon mm-hmm. like and it's like it's called the skull woods like they want this to be like here's our horror section of the game mm-hmm. uh but it's not that so i died a couple times on my way to the dungeon entrance first mm-hmm. i was just trying my best to go the path to the master sword because i was like okay, okay must be something there maybe that's this item that you mentioned to me um maybe so I followed that path as best I can. It's a slightly different now. It's a little blocked off of what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, and then I I stumble across a hole in the ground. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's a fountain or something. I fall down the hole. I see B1. I'm like, okay, this is an entrance. Maybe I have to do something here like I did at the previous dungeon with the um, the switch to unlock something in the Dark World version yeah so i made my way through there i did the basic thing i got the compass i think in this first room and then ended up making my way to the room with the big chest nice very early in this dungeon the big chest it's just there and i i ended up i think on my first run through getting familiar with the dungeon i think i managed to make my way to the big chest but again i was like right i need the boss key yeah and i it's funny that i keep running into that as an issue because i know in other zelda games you need the big key to get the item yeah but i maybe it's because they just presented so early yeah i think it's it's interesting that you find that it's like more of a annoyance because to me I've always found it as like a, like a get hype thing. Mm-hmm. Like, a, oh, here, here's the chest. I gotta go find this key. Like, and I'm excited to make my way back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting that it plays the exact opposite way. Yeah, for I, you. I think it's more of like, I I realize that I need to get to the chest, and I exploring the dungeon of the path that I have available to me, and I kind of stumble into the way to access the chest before I end up finding the key. I think that's yeah. the part that's a little annoying, just because like, I'm I'm just get like, checking these channels, like figuring out what's up in this dungeon, what the layout's like, and then yeah, it just so happens that both times I run into the chest before I run into the area with the key. Yeah, it works better I think in dungeons that are straightforward, mm-hmm. uh, because like like in the water dungeon when it's like in the center of the room or the there's another one where it's like in the center of the first room it is like it's not annoying in that one because like you're still getting your bearings you're not even like this is one where like you feel like you've done all nice bit in the dungeon and you're just like getting confronted with things you don't know can't access yet Mm -hmm. which is weird but when it's presented like immediately you're like oh okay i'll come back to this right um yeah but it's which is why i think this dungeon just doesn't work Mm -hmm. because it's it is there's so many entry points and overall it's like not even a big space to begin with yeah so it becomes like it's just kind of a mess it feels it feels like what i was thinking about it feels like 
they took all the discarded board rooms that they were trying out in other dungeons and just kind of threw them all together. Sure. And just just made a thing, and it, it works, I guess. But This yeah. dungeon is infuriating because yeah. so many of the rooms are so small, and they put so many enemies in here, and then you also yeah. have to account for the the ceiling hands i forgot what they're called oh the wall things yeah the things that drop down and then there there's a name for these dudes yeah like i know what they're they are games. but I, i'm blanking yeah it's on the tip of my tongue too and the the worst part like you said there are so many entrances here that i could just be like once i get a path through this dungeon and don't have to like repeatedly go in and out and all the different entrances to get from point a to point b in the dungeon like i progress to a point where i can go into an entrance and then mostly stay inside if i run to a yeah. point like late in the dungeon where there's one of those wall things and then they grab me and toss me back to like the first entrance i came into that was what was like a little annoying about it yeah those those wall things are called wall or wall masters wall, okay. i think yeah uh, so they they are very annoying, um, and yeah, I think I, I, the enemy yeah the enemy placement in this dungeon is like what really hurts it mm -hmm. I think too as well because like um, a lot of the enemies are really tough too mm -hmm. like if you don't have the fire rod yet like those mummies like don't even bother yeah like, you you just should get out of this room because they take so many hits and you also have to take do all those hits while making sure you're not getting hit by the wall master yep. and it's it becomes it becomes like frustrating not and like most of the difficulty up to this point i felt like it's been like just a rewarding little challenge mm -hmm. but this is like the first time where it's just like this isn't fun anymore like, like this is pretty frustrating this entire dungeon felt cheap yeah and i, I can feel that let me tell you the room because I got stuck here, too. I think the layout is a little confusing as far as, like, your progression. Because yeah. yeah. I did not really know where to go. That's why I, I think I stumbled into the big chest first without the key. And then I was looking for the key forever. And I was like, do I have to go back outside? Is there secret walls or entrances I haven't found yet? Um, the thing, no joke. I think I spent 10 minutes trying to get through this room. Maybe 15. It's the room with the two statues and the button. Yes. There's the two. And you got to move the statue into the button, the but you got to like back in. Mm -hmm. There's the two jellyfish. Yeah. There's the two mummies, and then the wall master. And dear God. Oh my God! Just because at that point I don't have the fire rod, you know. Right. And it's such yeah. a tiny room, and the the statues being there. I think there's also like a square block you can't move based on memory. And the top half of the room is divided into thirds. There's like really no wiggle room, so I had to constantly be either like doing chip damage on these mummy things and like getting my hits in, running away so the wall master couldn't get me. Like the jellyfish were not bad; like I could get them easy and then just focus on these two terrible enemies. But like, yeah, I eventually ended up. Um, I think the first time I tried progressing through the room after being teleported and thrown out several times by that wall master was um, I used the ice rod to freeze the mummies. 
Ah, very smart. And um, so they just they does it does it have like a freeze sprite or is it just basically a stun? It's a stun. Okay. They look frozen and they're there yeah. for significantly longer than the boomerang, but like yeah. At that point, my only thing to worry about was the wall master of like, okay, I can pull it this far before it's gonna drop, move away, then go back to it and finish yeah. it. That room yeah. took so long. And it was the worst. Yeah. Isn't the big key right behind that door, too? I think it was. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. That was just the worst. Yeah. Um. Is there any redeeming qualities you got in this one? Because I have, I have like, one thing. I mean, I think the fire rod is a cool weapon. Yeah. I like the fire rod a lot. You know? And, like, finding... Like... Once I picked it up, I was like, oh, of course, this is going to one-shot the mummies because you burn them. And they did. Yeah. It does. So that was cool, yeah. like, the first time. But then you go into the room where there's the uh, the four torches you have to light and a bunch yes. of mummies. Uh, I I was low on hearts at this point. I think I had, like, maybe five. Yeah. And I had nothing to heal with. So it was a little frustrating, too, because I didn't want to just leave the dungeon to get heals. Oh, yeah. Or, like, farm. I eventually had to, but... Yeah. I think this is... I think this is the room where there was the cheap thing. <laughs> because... Um... I burned the first mummy, you know? I did that torch there, and then I was like, oh, I can... I was low on magic, too, so I was like, I can line this one up in the middle, so I hit both. I did that, but... Uh, the hand was dropping at a certain point... And I was like, okay, based on the rules of how this Z-axis works in this game, that should not have hit the hand, but it hit the hand, and I had to yes. wipe the room again. That was horrible. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I think the worst part of the Wallmasters, now that you bring that up again, is the fact that you can't kill them. Yeah. Like, if he was just like... If you like, just like, oh, you trick him once, like you get him the drop, you move out of the way, you knock him out, like, perfectly cool enemy. Yeah. I like it, honestly. That, like, that's a fun little, that's a fun little, like, gimmick to, to mess you up the first time you're in the dungeon, but after that, you'll be, you'll be okay. Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll just figure it out, take care of them, be done with it. They could respawn, The fact too. that they're persistent. You know? Yeah. I'd be cool with it if the they respawned, or if it was, like, significantly longer than what it is already, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just rough. Yeah. So. Uh, the one thing for me, the the one bright spot for this dungeon for me is, uh, I just, I, we talked about this in the second dungeon, and I'll talk about it again. I'm just really fascinated with the idea of dungeons with multiple entry points and being able to go outside. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about this in relation to Breath of the Wild 2, thinking about, like, Imagine what they could do there when you have an overworld that is like that in those games and like trying exploring a landscape that is like that it has these multiple entry points like this one. Imagine mm -hmm. that in like that kind of a game. I think that would be a, this could be a really interesting idea to go back to. Um, yeah. And I think it's there's a lot of missed opportunity here because this is the dungeon they really go all in, all in for that one. Like the second one, it was just like a half measure like it was just like one little thing this is for the one where it's like okay the, the gimmick of this dungeon is you got to be aware of like 
which areas of the dungeon you could get to in which entry points mm-hmm. um so it, the fact that i think that's a cool a gimmick that could have worked in other dungeons but not this one yeah. like this one's so poorly designed once you get in it mm-hmm. that it makes it all just feel kind of frustrating and convoluted yeah i agree because like even the ones we were just talking about like the one where it's like not the main focus i think it does it significantly better in that one than this one yeah Maybe that would be the key to it, just like not making it like the thing, because when you make it the thing, it's like everything feels disjointed, but when yeah. you make it like a cool little moment and maybe and maybe expand it, like maybe not like just one moment, but like maybe expand it a little bit, but don't go all the way where it's like you can't even keep track of what's going on anymore. I, I Honestly, I think the thing that makes it not work in that aspect is just they have such an aesthetic in the overworld for this dungeon that you can get lost there like there's no way to like clearly distinguish which path leads to which entrance because it's just like there's a red skull thing that might be the entrance and then there's a hole next to it it's like there it's that in like three different regions of this part of the map yeah um i was thinking about that too um because it's also the same when you enter in each thing like imagine a dungeon where each and like I get that this is an old game, but like they could have they could have switched the color palette. Yeah. Like imagine if like each different entry point was like a different kind of theme. Yeah. And like maybe that's like a little complicated for a game from 1991. I mean, um, clearly the, there's the the Stalfos are different colors. <laughs> they could have just colored like yeah. the red entrance, the green entrance, the blue entrance. Yeah. Like I I don't think. You don't have to go all the way and be like, this is the water section, and this is the fire section. No, yeah. And this just... is the grass section. Like, you just just make it, like, make this a color dungeon. Like, that could have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, the one in The Link's Awakening. Like, that, that would have been an interesting idea to differentiate everything and help you keep track of it all. And um, you could have made it work, because later in the dungeon, I also got confused on how to access the boss. They could have telegraphed that, I yes. think, if we're going for this, too, and because we're in the woods and stuff like that. Take notes, Nintendo. Um, they could have had, like, to make it work with the item, you don't know which color the entrance is until you get there with the fire rod, and you can, like, light a torch next to it, and then it illuminates the skull. It's like, oh, this is blue, so now I know I'm here. Yeah. Because when it came to the the final area, I went up there, and I was like, is there a switch or something? Like, what am I supposed to do to get rid of the centipede-looking thing? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess I burn it. (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't... I guess this is another one. Another one of those things where it's like it's a 1991 game, so you want to give it the benefit of the doubt, yeah. but it's it's still not good. Yeah. The fact that it doesn't like allude you to being able to burn it, like that's not a thing I would think of to get rid of this weird tongue thing. Yeah, like there were six throwables like, on the side. I was like, maybe there's a switch yeah. under here. Maybe I missed something in the dungeon. Yeah. Um. And like the only reason you would hit it with your fire rod is because that's the item you got. So like you're in a Zelda game you just you just know like oh I, I, this is probably useful mm-hmm. I guess but um yeah it would have been cool if like there was I'm trying to think of like how you would do it in like sprite wise if like maybe it looked like there was like a, a little torch spot or something or like I, I don't know like it, it's it's a tough thing and this kind of stuff but it's not good for sure no um but yeah, I think it's interesting what you brought up about like this concept in Breath of the Wild too, because with Breath of the Wild, like the whole one of the things they used to sell was like, oh, 
the entire overworld is a dungeon itself so like yeah how do you work that in to that design philosophy i think that's a really interesting thing you brought up yeah so. i'd love to see it explored i think i think this it's a shame that this dungeon is bad and that probably led them to never exploring this again in a zelda game there was like we're not we're not gonna do this anymore mm -hmm. like this is a bad idea where i think i think it's a good idea i think this is just some poor execution sure um oh you know i just yeah. thought I and mean, this is slightly a tangent you know what i just thought though uh, no no go for it uh in the um the moblin fortresses the skulls right yes what if like each of those had an entrance to like a unified underground dungeon Oh. and like clearing each one out you got a different like breath. avenue to connect to like a main path through that dungeon with like a secret boss at the end of it or something that would be that would be very interesting i like that a lot because like that's been a theory for breath of the wild too like if it was gonna be like half of the game under underground like what if this traditional dungeon that you think of like mm -hmm. people want that for breath of the wild too what if that is just one thing that is underground that's so very good. interesting so good that could be good yeah. Um, um, so we fight the boss in this one. I, I think we're good on uh, just destroying this dungeon, tearing it down bit by bit. I'll give it um, one more positive. Okay, okay. I was surprised you could cut the vines on the wall. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I was disappointed that there wasn't a door behind one. Oh, there was one door. There was one door. Okay, so yeah, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, so this boss, how, how are you feeling about this boss? Because so far during this episode, you haven't been the most positive, and I, I don't think this is going to change. Uh, Mothra? Yeah, pretty much Mothra. I'll look up her name quick. So when I dropped if... down and I saw this thing, I was like, okay, makes sense. We're in a forest. It's a moth. I got a fire yeah. stick. And then things started moving, and I was like, you have to be kidding me. Like, I actually out loud was like, you're joking. Because, again, I was low on health. <laughs> so this was yeah. just, like, the little cherry on top of Nintendo's troll Sunday. Um, like, it took me a second attempt. I saved outside the, the boss room. And I was yeah. like, I think it took me two times, maybe three. But I got it pretty much no problem. I ran oh, out of okay. magic and finished it with a couple sword strikes. But, like, it, it was fine. Just annoying. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this one's called Mothtua, so you're actually really close. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I I don't I don't hate this boss. It's not one of my. I think a lot of what it's doing is like positional stuff that we're talking about again, like very much thinking on your feet, always managing um, where you are in relation to the boss, mm -hmm. which is interesting. But I also think it's something that's done better with like the Helmosaur King. Yeah, um, for sure. And this one gets a little frustrating, especially with magic, um, because using your sword against this thing is not very effective. Um, it's not. You definitely want to be using that fire rod. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't hate this one. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Uh, it's it's a harder version of stuff we've seen before. Um, do you? Nothing that blows me away though. Do you know how much magic you went into this fight with? Because the room prior, there's a mummy that has a key. So like. You had to use magic yeah. to get that thing if you wanted to avoid the other four enemies in the wall guy. Yeah. I went in with pretty much a full bar, okay. but I also... So I knew this dungeon was coming, and I knew that sure. there was going to be some magic stuff in there, so I went to um, 
the witch's place before I left and filled both my bottles with the blue. Cause I'm loaded than rupees at this point, as mm. we all, yeah, everyone is at this point in the game. So I just spent, I just, I balled out and I got the 160 po blue potion that uh, gives you okay. both magic and health uh, buffs. So I went in with like probably maybe a little under like full, but then halfway through the fight, I just, when I was getting down in health too, I just popped one of those and I was fine. So I'm glad you brought that, that up. Useful because I did not know if there was an elixir or uh, magic restoration item outside no. of the drops. Um, no, so there's a... Uh, if you go to the witch's place, I guess I guess you probably have been just using like fairies in your bottles, so maybe yeah, you haven't that's noticed. What I, that's what I've been prioritizing, because it's basically yeah. like a second life. Yeah, so there's in the witch's place, there's a green potion that just fills your magic. Okay. There's the red potion that you know of, like it just fills your health. Mm-hmm. Um, it fills your health like fairies don't fill it all the way when right. you start getting more heart containers so i think now that you're later in the game you should probably start making the switch to red potions as long as you can like make sure you that you're you're pausing and using that before uh whenever you know you're getting down there in health sure um then there's the blue potions that give you both magic and uh health i would probably recommend just buying blue potions from this point out because there's a couple more bosses and stuff that uh have magic involved okay uh, so I'd probably and you you got the rupees this but you can spend the extra like 30 or whatever it is to get both in one I would just do that all right um, The one thing and this this is when we're gonna talk about it the item that you missed Because um, this is gonna make you mad I think considering oh. what happened here so the The item that you missed mm -hmm. is it's in the light world Actually, which is I think maybe why you might have been lost with it. Okay um it is to the to the right of kakariko like the little house that's there where there's the have you been there there's a house where there's a dude with a he's like swordsmithing no no you should go there that that, that is something we'll talk about next week i think for sure um yeah so you go there and there's like a little ledge you can hop down and like hop down like a little crater like you do mm -hmm. and then there is there's a nice little interaction that I won't spoil for you because I want to talk about it next week because it's 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 a small little fun thing. Um, right. And then when you get there, uh, the item that you get from it is or not item the upgrade is uh, your magic meter is doubled. Oh my! God. You just have double the magic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that is why I kind of wanted you to do this now because I knew this boss is kind of rough if you don't have the potions or the magic okay. uh, to do it so yeah th this dungeon is the dungeon itself isn't that much easier because like you're probably fine on magic but the boss is much easier if you have this all right good to so, know you will want to get that that's the first thing i'm doing <laughs> yeah Ugh. it's it's another one of those things where it's like old game so like they old, a lot of old games do this stuff but this is one of those things where like this really needs to be essential mm. Uh, absolutely it's a yeah so uh the lore this week from the maiden it was fine uh i saw great cataclysm and i was like cataclysm sounds like calamity but then she just went into like the whole thing of demise pretty much of like oh the heroes were born yeah. when a great evil arrives i was like oh okay yeah i wonder i wonder if that's where it's 
like those those words are intertwined so i wonder if that's where calamity comes from because i don't think calamity is mentioned much in other zelda games like that was mostly a new thing mm -hmm. i wonder if that's something they came back to yeah i've heard it down i thought it was like an maybe yeah. like a slight connection or an inspiration yeah. maybe but i didn't want to go into this episode with only negative things to say though yeah so last week you mentioned that um one of your favorite interactions in the game is the little wood elf yeah so i went back to the grotto with my shovel and was looking for his uh instrument that he said he lost so i was digging around found the ocarina it's called, it's called a flute i guess yeah here. very strange how it's just an ocarina but they call it a flute yeah yeah um so I, I did that. I teleported back to the dark world. Uh, talked to. I look like. Is it like an elephant or like an anteater or something? He has a trunk. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. Um, I do like this stuff though. Like how it's um, how it feels like another thing that we talked about earlier. How this game feels like very storybook. Very like, um, it's high fantasy, but it's not like gross creepy high fantasy it's like fun high fantasy mm -hmm. which is not something you see from high fantasy stuff ever yeah um so i i, I think this is like the fact that i have no idea who what he is and like what it what he's supposed to be i think it's fun yeah i'm just like that guy's a cool looking sprite i like this yeah like it was it was hard to tell like my takeaway is like he's orange and he has a trunk so like, yeah that was the uh identifiable thing for him for me but so I talked to him, and, like, I was cooling off. Like, I was digging for a while. I didn't want to look it up because I was like, I need to simmer down after that dungeon. So I was just digging for, like, probably three yeah. to five minutes. Um, just sorting out your life's troubles, just just going at it. Yeah. Uh, I ended up finding it, went back, talked to him, and he died. Yeah, that's a shame. And he turned into what? a tree? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't he say something though, like, "Oh, I can, I can finally move on now that I've find, found my uh, flute or whatever." I think he says something to that extent. I can't. I did this last week, so I can't even speak to mm -hmm. the entirety of it. But it was one of those like, I, I thought it was a nice little moment. He says something that just like, "Oh, uh, you can fulfill my purpose" or something like that. Yeah, he so. said, "Look for, thank you for finding it. Look for the old man in the village." Um, something carry it with you i just would love to hear it one last time and then you play the full version yeah. of the song yeah and then he fades away into a tree and while i'm sure this was just like a metaphor for rebirth or whatever or whatever they wanted to do yeah uh we all decay into the earth to let things grow again sure yeah but i wrote down prototype for the koroks <laughs> maybe yeah maybe just that concept I mean, that's yeah that's that's a good connection yeah now that i think about it the core yeah Koroks are not until like wind waker so like it's been a while but yeah. still yeah that's cool yeah just the concept of something turning into a chibi looking tree i was like hey, yeah you look different than normal trees so yeah there you go and of course anything else that you did here there. Oh, of course um in the forest in like that specific no. area no no just like what you do after this oh yeah yeah so i 
he was like in my village i was like okay well there's the one village that i know of unless there's a second one somewhere i haven't seen so mm-hmm. i went to kakariko I was looking around first i checked in the the elder woman house um then i went to the man who ran the inn with like the overgrown lawn and he mentioned a kid that used to run around with a flute and he said he disappeared so i was like okay mm. so do i have to is this who i was supposed to talk to and then i was like i think there was another man in the bar so i went there sleeping played it for him he woke up and then i got sad happy sad closure well what does he say when he wakes up i didn't even i think i missed this part this play through he wakes up and he's like oh that flute uh it belonged to my son is he all right and then oh man he's like that's i think i know what you want to say uh thank you for letting me hear it again uh something to that effect you should play it in front of the bird in the the village square it's what he would have wanted or something like that so then i go there and um i played it in front of the statue of the bird because i was like there's a cuckoo coop in the bottom of the area but i don't think that's the square no so i went to the little north southeast west thing and then a duck or dove flew out of that thing yeah and went east yep and uh that's it you you don't know what else i i took a few steps eastward and i walked as eastward as i could in kakariko and i did not see it and i was like oh yeah this is probably somewhere significantly different than where i am right now yeah so if you play the flute again Mm -hmm. anywhere uh you have now unlocked fast travel so congratulations that is big (laughs) yeah so if you just play the flute now um the bird will just like swoop down the same way he did and he'll pick you up and then you'll get warped out like to the map uh, and then it'll just be like there's like 10 different points on the map you can just pop to fantastic yeah so that that'll be definitely useful too i don't think you can do it in the dark world which now that i'm thinking about it, it would have been awesome if there was like a dark world bird that would like have been a sick. raven yeah that would have been cool but yeah. uh yeah you can just you can if you need to get someone in the dark world you can just warp with your bird and then uh warp so that's fun all right cool uh, that yeah, is good to I, know yeah I, I like this little like this this very small like little uh interaction here like it's very sad um but it's nice. It's just one of those nice little things that I like about this game. Is it weird? Makes the world feel alive for yeah, me. It does. Even I if agree. it's about death. Um. Is it like? Tell me if you see where I'm coming from with this. I feel like in a game like this, with the way it exists and the way it's written, sad things feel way more sad than most yeah. of like acted cutscenes in modern games yeah i def i definitely feel that you know like you know like where i'm coming it, from yeah. yeah when whenever something sad happens in something like this and like oh man like it never hits you like in a way that like something that's trying to like actually hit you hits you mm-hmm. but like it hits you in a way like you're not expecting you know 
Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's, if, it sucks. Yeah, I don't know if that's because of like the storybook thing we were talking about, and then there is a moment of sadness like this, or like. Yeah. The thing I really think that kills me with it is like the, oh, dot dot dot. Like yeah. that's the thing that when I read that I'm like, oh man. <laughs> when he's realizing his son is dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, it might be like a nostalgia thing too, just of like the visuals and the sounds with it too, and the fact that there is no dialogue spoken, but like, yeah, yeah just a neat little thing that it's, I. It's I, I think a lot of this stuff affects you in the way because there is no voice acting, and it's just like you are left with like these two sentences yeah. to like, and like you can. You can play it and like nonchalantly even care about these two sentences, or you can sit there and think about just the two sentences and devour every word that's said. Yeah. You're like, oh man, oh man, yeah. So, uh, so is that where you left off then? For this that week? is where I left off. I, I awesome. believe I saved north of Kakariko, or in a building. Oh, I think I saved in the bar actually. So. Oh, nice, nice. That's where um, we're gonna pick up next week. Awesome, awesome. I I'm very much looking forward to next week. It is interesting. Mm. And I think we'll talk a little, a little bit more about like Kakariko and like what it's become. We didn't really touch on that this episode, but like yeah. you were looking forward to seeing Kakariko, and now that you have, like yeah. it's yeah, a little underwhelmed uh, as a teaser. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what are we doing next week though? We are doing the fourth dungeon of the game. Um, off of memory, it is probably my second favorite dungeon in this game. Ooh, um, okay. Have we played I think the fifth is probably I think the fifth is probably my favorite, and I think a lot of people would harshly disagree with me. Interesting. Um, so this will this will be a fun week for sure. I think next week. Awesome. Well, I'm excited because if you're swearing by this next one, after this week, is it Tuesday yet or Wednesday? What? No. What, yeah. yeah. It's it's something. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. Um. It's. I always get scared whenever I tease something because I'm like, oh man, if, if he doesn't like it, that's gonna be really sad. I don't like to set you up with expectations. Mm-hmm. It's nice though. Yeah. It's nice to have a little bit of something to expect going in because. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know a bunch of the sentiment for the fan fandom around this release, other than people love it. So like, that's why I liked starting the show this week with like, hey, yeah. was I wrong? <laughs> in hating yeah. It? But, yeah, no, you were right. You were okay. right. Well, DJ, thank you once again. Thank you. Uh, if the people would like to find you somewhere, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at DJ underscore Gillard uh, on Twitter. Um, I've been pimping Cantina Conversations for the past couple weeks, but we're actually taking a little break right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go back and listen to the, the old ones, I guess. We put out an episode this week, or last week uh, about the Clone Wars and all of our thoughts on that, so that's that's super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll be taking a little break. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Check me out on Twitter, though. Awesome. Uh, both of those will be linked down below if you're watching the video version of this. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Buckley. If you are watching us, like I said, you're on YouTube.com slash JoyClicks, where we have other things being posted uh other shows a star wars show uh covering mostly news recently because i'm sure as you know dj it's a little light right now we got so we got some good news this week though we did that's a big episode yeah um and if you are listening to us you're on podcast services like spotify or apple podcasts if you enjoyed the show and you can 
on whatever service you're listening to, uh, leaving a review or ranking would be very helpful. Helps the show, helps us. And uh, just sharing it too. Just, or commenting. I always yeah. appreciate the notes on the Discord or the subreddits I post the show on. Because uh, people are enthusiastic about this game, clearly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a nice experience to be sort of welcomed into this long-standing <laughs> love. Yeah. We're, we're, we gotta give you initiation soon, but... Oh, okay, am I gonna get knighted yeah. at the end of this? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what we come up with. Alright. Uh, well, that is gonna do it for this week. So, until next time. All hail the Hemlock King. <laughs>